Welcome. You're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and tips from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or relationships to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts and we're learning more every day. Live better. Start now. Let's go. Hey, you're on air with Ella, and today we have such a fun topic. I am so happy to introduce you to Casey Irvin. Hey, Casey, how are you? Hello, hello. Happy to be here. Casey, where are you today? I'm currently in Monterey, Mexico. I'm staying in Mexico for the month. Casey, could you tell everybody who you are and what you do? Yeah, so my name's Casey Irvin, and I was a traveler, now turned travel blogger for my website, Casey To and Fro. Casey, I wanted to talk with you because I had a listener, Jen, shout out to Jen, reach out to me in my DMs and she wanted to talk about solo travel for women. And I'll share some of her comments as we talk today, Casey, but I had already been following you on Instagram and I was like, Casey, can you come on the air and talk about solo travel and and then just like travel hacks. And it turns out we have a mutual friend in common. So another shout out to Dr. Lauren Borden. It was a little, a little camp place connection, my little all-girl school I went to. <laughs> I, I love it. You guys have known each other since you were little. Casey, I would love for you to share with us a little bit of your background, like your journey and how you got to where you are today, which is, are you 100% nomadic? Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have so many questions. Okay. Take me back to 2013 and tell me your story. I'm telling you, if you talked to me in 2013, I would never think this is a life I'm living right now. I'll tell you that real quick. But my background, went to an undergraduate business school. My mission in life was always just like to make a lot of money, like get a really good job and make a lot of money. Um, That's kind of what I was going after. And then in 2013, I started a full-time job in corporate America, working in finance, which I actually... I. I enjoyed, I enjoyed my job, but the one thing I didn't enjoy was like only having two weeks to travel, like two weeks vacation time just wasn't that much if I really wanted to like see a lot of the world. And that was the year, 2013 was the year I made the decision. Like I want to take a career break. I'm going to take a one year around the world trip. So I started saving money. I saved money for two years. And in 2015, I left my job to travel around the world for one year. But yeah, my journey completely did not go as planned. I've been traveling since 2015 now. So it's been seven years. It's a a funny journey because I wasn't planning to like travel that long term, but I just found little tips and tricks and seasonal jobs that allowed me to sustain it. And then once the pandemic came, Uh, My seasonal work got canceled. So I had to think of another way to like, how do I travel now? How do I support myself now? And that's when I turned into travel blogging. And yeah, now now I'm working full time as a travel blogger, sharing other people, other adventurous souls, how they can learn these tips and tricks I've learned over the years to travel for a long time. (laughs) I can't wait to share some of those tips with everybody because I mean, just you guys, you know how I normally share people's Instagram handles at the end. Casey, go ahead and share your Instagram handle now because I want them to like open it while we're talking. (laughs) Uh, So my handle is Casey to and fro. You spell my name K-E-S-I then 
to and fro. I got an afro, so like. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> okay, Casey to and fro. She's a great follow, but she has all these travel hacks. And I travel a lot for work and I learn something every time you share a travel hack. I, my first question for you, and this is so crass, Casey, but I've just been dying to ask someone who does what you do. How do you make a living doing this? Where does your revenue come from? Um, is that from the travel blogging side or just before like my whole my whole seven years of travel, how that's possible? Both. I want to quit everything and go travel for three months. I only want to take a three-month sabbatical. That's it. That's it. That's all I'm looking at here, Casey. Sometime in the next three years, I want to take a 90-day sabbatical. And the opportunity cost of that and my income gives me heart palpitations. So I'm looking to you for inspiration. Hit me. Definitely. First, I think everyone should do some type of long-term travel in their life. So I think that's a great goal that you have a three-month sabbatical. Yes, 100%. And traveling doesn't have to be as expensive as people think. I spent less money traveling than I did on my New York rent. So basically, I'm saving money by traveling. That's how, that's kind of how it works. But no, generally speaking, um, there's a lot of parts of this world that are very affordable. You can travel thousand dollars a month. My original plan, I saved up thirty thousand dollars to travel for a year. That was my budget, and that was like a comfortable budget. Like you're still backpacking, you're still doing these things, but you still are able to do the things that you want. Uh, but after that first year, my budget was much smaller because uh, I was just doing seasonal work. So I was living off of ten thousand dollars a year for about five years. Um, and if you do see my Instagram, you see I'm still like doing a lot of a lot of things and. Um, and I mentioned before, before like how money was like so, so important to me, but I realized through travel that one, you don't need that much. And two, there's different ways to be wealthy. And I'm not, I might not be like financially wealthy, but I'm wealthy in terms of like the connections I have and the friends that I've made through my travels. So that, yeah, that was like five years of my life. I would work maybe three months out of the year, travel for the rest. And now I'm travel blogging full time. And it's fun because I did go to undergrad at business school. So now I'm finally like using my brain and things like that as an entrepreneur. But I do group trips. Um, I work with brands. I, I try to do like long-term partnerships with brands that I already use. So yeah, it's just been fun dealing through like the entrepreneurship life right now. Cool. And you're starting to get some media attention, aren't you? Yeah. My parents are finally proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> now you can be like, well, not only was I featured in Travel Noir, but also on the On Air with Ella podcast. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, I appreciate you actually breaking that down for us because honestly, Casey, there are so many examples where you sort of flip through Instagram and you see all these people living their best life, right? And you're like, is that real? Like, can you really do that? And to me, you are an example of what is possible. And I find it so, so inspiring. Frankly, it's also useful to know how you're doing it. And I think two things about what you just said that I want to comment on. First of all, I so appreciate you sharing that number because I think people believe that for them to take time out and travel for 30 days or three months or three years will cost, you know, tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, whatever they might have in their head. So I, I so love that you're sharing real numbers with us because it makes it so much more accessible. But the second thing that I want to highlight is you expanding our definition of what wealth is. Yeah. So from someone especially who is a self-described Ivy grad who quit Wall Street to see the world and you have a finance background, is 
wealth necessarily the size of your IRA or is wealth your wealth of experiences and relationships? And I would argue there's room for both, but too many of us are focused on one without allowing for the other. And also there's the other aspect. There's wealth, like time. Time is another currency. And with my travel lifestyle, time is huge. I have the time to do whatever I want. (laughs) So yeah, I just, I've just learned to prioritize different things. Whereas before I was so like money focused, money driven, money's not the, like the thing that really keeps me happy. Material possessions aren't the things that really give me happiness, but it's the connections connected, connecting with people. That's what uh, keeps me going. Well, you are clearly in your zone of excellence right now, Casey. And you reminded me of a quote I heard. I'm really good at butchering quotes. Let's see if I can share this with you. But it really inspired me to get serious about that 90-day sabbatical that I told you about. Something I was listening to or read, they said, we tend to treat money as though it's not a renewable resource that we can't go out and make more of if we need to, but we treat our time as though it is. Yeah, that is that is such a true statement. I I remember talking to one of my uh, best friends right before she she got into an MBA program, and she was debating. She's like, "Oh, should I take some time off to travel, or should I keep working? If I keep working, I'll make all this money. Like that's really smart." And I like I stopped her real quick. I'm like, "Girl, when's the next time you're going to have this freedom to do whatever you want? You can make you can always make money. You can always make that. But having this time, like having like this three month window to do whatever you want." leave your job as quick as possible and take advantage of this, of this time. And I think it's easy, especially like American culture. You just think work, 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 money, money, money. It's in your head. But when you take a step back, we have a long life to live. There's always going to be an opportunity to, to make some money. But if you're able to carve out these unique opportunities to like go and explore, do it. Casey, I would love your take on something. I mentioned that Jen sent me a DM that inspired this conversation, and she has been doing solo travel, international travel for a while now. And she said something so insightful. I would love your take on this. She said, solo travel pushes you out of your comfort zone, which can be scary to think about, but in reality, it's empowering. You learn what you're capable of. Realizing you actually can do so much alone is super empowering and can carry over to being bold in other parts of your life. Can you relate to that, Casey? Definitely. I, I like you always get a lot of comments about like where's the safest place to go as a like as a solo female traveler and things like that. And like kind of thinking of her comment, it's obviously you have you want to be careful wherever you go, but I think as a solo female person, you can go anywhere. <laughs> That you all have different experiences in different places, but that's just going to get you out of your comfort zone and learn something new about yourself. Tell me some of the places you have been just in the past few years, just to inspire us. Oh yeah. All, all over the place. I mean, my favorite part of the world is East Africa, um, Central America, Peru, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, a bunch of countries in Southeast Asia, a bunch of Europe, Morocco. <laughs> I think I'm around like 70 countries and the only part of the world I haven't really experienced much of is like the Middle East or like East Asia, but I try to hit at least one country in all the other pockets. You have picked up a lot of tips along the way and I want to get into some of them if that's cool. Yes, let's go for it. Okay. First of all, in America right now, we are experiencing inflation. Okay. True facts. 
However, there's a fun twist on this inflation thing, and that is that when we are experiencing inflation, the U.S. dollar is extremely strong in some other countries. What have you? How have you leveraged that, or what tips would you have for those who are based in America listening to this today? Yeah, the time to travel is now. Let me tell you, I've been based in Europe for two years, and like. I use my credit card for all my transactions. So I always get like the exchange rate. And like we're recently, like the past month or two, I'm like, wait, things are getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. <laughs> and I know people are now see in the news that the euro has equaled the dollar, which is just insanity to me. Go to Europe, spend your money, but not just Europe. There's other places as well where the US dollar is really strong, um, like Turkey. It's unfortunately for it's unfortunate for people in Turkey, but like for us, it's a great time to go. Argentina is a great time to go and they have this um, like underground uh, cash rate. So if you bring US dollars into Argentina, you'll get an even better, like a much better rate than the market rate. So yeah, this, this is, this is the time to travel. People have been cooped up for a couple of years and now our dollar strong. So it's, it's a good time to get out of the U.S. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a fun take on inflation. But frankly, I'm not sure would have occurred to so many people. And just interacting with your content, I was like, oh, of course, you know, um, but I hadn't thought of it that way. So that's actually exciting. <laughs> do you know what you want for yourself next? Meaning, what do you want more of? Where do you want to dial it up? Do you know how you want to feel? Do you know what lights you up and what you want to spend your life's energy on? Or do you sometimes feel a little stuck or maybe like you know what you want to do, but you're having a little bit of trouble getting out of your own way? If you can relate to any of those questions, then you might be interested in exploring more at the Live Better Retreat September 29th through October 2nd in Miami. We are each bringing our own intentions into this weekend and gaining clarity, insights, and commitment to what's next for us. The Live Better Retreat is all about getting unstuck or getting clear about what we want next for ourselves and specifically, how are we going to get there? It's also a lot of fun and like the best girls weekend you've ever had. If any of that appeals to you, I would love for you to join me. If your intuition is pinging at you right now, I would really love for you to join me. You will be engaged with expert guests, a small group of really kick-ass women, and time for fun and reflection and play and connection. I would love to tell you more. Go to onairella.com events and consider if this is the right time for you to take a look at what you want more of and how you're going to get it and what life might look like for you the second half of this year or the next phase for you. We need this time to step out of the day today and reflect, and it can be one of the most powerful investments you make in yourself. Join me. Live better. Start now, September 29th in Miami. Onairella.com has all the details. Okay. Another thing that's going on right now, if people have traveled, they know this. If they've been doing airplane travel, they know this, but we're having a little trouble like globally with baggage right now (laughs) and airlines reuniting you with your baggage. There are horror stories. I think a couple of weeks ago, Lufthansa, the German airline, they only delivered 15% of their bags for one week. So that's a compounding problem. You know, in England, I know right now they're dissuading passengers from carrying baggage. (laughs) So you have some brilliant packing hacks that I think are so great to help expand what you're able to fly with without getting charged for it. So I want to ask you about a couple. So talk to me about why we should get a travel scarf 
Yeah, I I'm obsessed with my travel scarf. It is great. Not only as a packing hack, but just in terms of it's convenient. (laughs) The travel scarf uh, brand that I really love is Waypoint. Uh, It's a small woman-owned business. So I like supporting uh, those types of businesses. But there's a very sizable pocket in this scarf. Uh, I have even fit my miniature drone in there. So it's a little, like, you can put an extra outfit in there. You put your toiletries in there. You can put, like, like, extra things in there. No one's ever going to question that it's extra luggage or anything. So, and then when you're actually traveling, it's useful because you can put your wallet and your passport and that keeps things safe. Yeah, I will link to that scarf and um, and link to Waypoint. And I love traveling with a scarf because even when it's too hot to worry about a jacket, airplanes still somehow figure out how to make it absolutely freezing. So yeah. a scarf, like when you're wandering around in 95 degree temps, you don't want a jacket, but a scarf makes such good sense on an airplane when you need to sort of layer up. So I love that tip. Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) Okay, talk to me about other ways you can expand your carry-on that are subtle and maybe even slightly tricky. Yeah, so I always prefer to travel carry-on only because it just makes my life easier. I like to bend the rules a little bit, like try to get away with like, how much can I actually bring without them saying anything? So one thing, I always wear a fanny pack and I fill it to the max. Like it's a big fanny pack that has a bunch of stuff in it. And airline has never once in my life questioned my fanny pack saying it's like a personal item or something. Sometimes if I have like a little purse, they'll be like, oh, that purse is a personal item. You need to put it somewhere else. But for my fanny pack, for some reason, never has been questioned as a personal. It's a belt. It's just a fat belt. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's, it's a style. It's style, you know? I mean, maybe it's because if you like have like a little jacket, you like wrap it around too. So you like hide it a little bit. Casey, I'm wondering what they call fanny packs in England because fanny means something very different in England than it does in the U.S. Bum bags, maybe? I don't know. Bum bags. That's right. You know, you're exactly right. So fanny packs or bum bags, depending on what part of the world you live in. Okay, that's a great tip. So they're not treating that as a personal item? In my in my experience, it's always been okay. Um, and then there's like some more like funny hacks you can do. Like if you're, this is more new where these airlines are charging for carry-ons now. I've been traveling for carry-on only so I can avoid fees, but now you have to pay for carry-on luggage. So I've only done this hack once because I was just going on a short a short trip in Europe on like one of the like EasyJet or Ryanair or something. But I had a pillowcase and I filled my pillowcase up with clothes and airlines don't charge for a pillow. So... <laughs> So you took a pillowcase and you stuffed it with your soft clothes and yeah. then you had a pillow on the flight. Exactly. Exactly. It's a win. It's a win-win situation. <laughs> because people don't get charged for pillowcases. Not get charged. So that's, that's a good one for like a short, like a weekend trip. But if you're doing like any long-term travel, it can be annoying to like travel all your, like with all your stuff in a pillowcase. But for a short weekend trip, I think it's smart to get some extra, extra clothes. <laughs> Okay. That's fantastic. I love to travel with a backpack and I saw that you do too. I like to travel with a backpack because I use it as my purse and my carry on because it's so much easier to stuff everything into. And obviously it flexes up and down. I don't have to worry about overhead. Tell me why you like to travel with a backpack. Yeah, I, I'm always a backpack person, especially like, once again, if you're flying any of these types of budget airlines, like I was just, I'm in Mexico right now. I flew their budget airline here. Um, and they, they weigh bags. There's a lot of airlines in Asia that will weigh bags and things like that. But for some reason, if you're wearing a backpack, they're less likely to weigh your bag. So that's one reason why I like to use my backpack um, for, for weight purposes and just so I can scoot through the gate agents. 
Let's talk about a few things that you do before you board. So one thing that I like to remind people is that no, we can't take liquids through most securities, right? However, you can take food. And I think we forget that because travel has gotten so restrictive, obviously, in in the past decade. And you can save a great deal of money if you bring your own snacks. What are other little hacks that you use to optimize your actual flying experience? So I always make sure I have a credit card that gives me certain lounge access. That just makes the airport experience easier. Like on days that on my travel days are the days I'm like the fullest because I'm just like eating in the lounge, (laughs) eating in all the lounges. Uh, And another way to get um, lounge access is just by staying a little bit more loyal to an airline. So then you get um, status. So I I try to stick to one alliance and so I can get status there and also get access to their their lounges. Um, Travel insurance is a great thing to have. You could easily book a, like an annual travel insurance plan to to save money versus booking it for like each trip. Like Allianz has great plans for like around $140 that cover you for a year. But Wow. What was that name? Allianz. Um, each trip can only last 45 days. So for like long-term or nomads, it's not the, the best. But if you're if you're doing a couple trips a year, just get the annual plan. It makes way more sense. Um, and that's why like I've left headphones before at the airport. I'm like, oh man. Then I'm like, no, what? doesn't really matter. I have travel insurance. You just fill out your report. Get I get compensated for it. And also that's another reason why like when everyone's freaking out about their lost baggage, um, if, if, they, if they do check a bag, for me, if I hear my bags delayed, I'm like, cha-ching. <laughs> uh, so yeah, because with your travel insurance, uh, they usually give you some type of stipend per day, maybe $150, $200 a day. And certain airlines, they'll also give you money as well. You, you call them and be like, hey, you delayed my luggage. I need this much money. And you can you, you can ask for more. But yeah, like for me, I get excited when my luggage is late because I don't go shopping that often. It's like the rare, the rare time. Like, oh, time to get some new clothes. <laughs> Do you have any packing tips for us, Casey, to maximize that small space you are using? Yeah. Um, if you have those compression sacks, you fill in your clothes and they have a little hole and you press it down. It like really flattens your clothes a lot. And that um, that definitely helps with saving space. And then I also use packing cubes, which is helpful. Um, in my backpack, I don't, maybe I'm like an idiot, but it took me, I don't know, three years of traveling around. I realized they have these straps inside the backpack that you can like pull and make your stuff go down further. (laughs) On any backpack or on the travel backpacks? Um, I'm not sure if they're on any backpack, but like the, I use the brand Osprey and then in my Osprey bag, they have, I guess, compression straps. So look for a backpack with compression straps. It took me three years to discover them in my backpack, but they're great. Like you put your clothes in and you just pull the strings and then it flattens them. (laughs) Well, you are clearly not an idiot. And if you are, you're in great company because I did not know that existed. Okay. So, and by the way, it goes without saying, I'm going to link to all of these resources that Casey is mentioning. So don't worry about that. They'll be in the show notes. Okay. That's a really good tip. And oh, I just wanted to say that, yes, if your luggage is lost, you can, in fact, save your receipts for whatever you have to buy and submit them to the airline. And I have always gotten reimbursed for the clothing that I had to buy shoes, underwear, bra, dress, you know, on a work trip. If my baggage is missing, I have submitted those receipts and gotten paid back for them. So I think, I think we're so, so many of us are expecting, you know, kind of a pain in the ass experience when we travel Casey, that we don't realize that we actually do have some rights or perks or benefits in this experience too. So All right, Casey, tell me why you say that you are often the last to board and what the benefit is. 
Yeah. I make sure I'm the last aboard. I like, it's like my thing. One, because I, why am I trying to rush to get on a plane? But two, it's the real reason is if you board right before the gate closes and you get on the plane, you get to choose the seat you want to sit in. I mean, obviously you can't go to like business class or like any premium seats, but if you see like an empty row, I just go there, pop my like put my bag away, sit there, and then I have a whole row to myself. We call that poor man's business class. <laughs> I just did it um, on my most recent flight a week ago. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just it's just my my little thing because as long as you're the last one, there's no risk of like someone coming into your seat or taking it. And flight attendants don't really say anything. So yeah. <laughs> so I understand. I will say I understand that some people have their their roll-ons and they are worried they're going to run out of space to store their roll-on. Okay. So I, I will register that. However, it never ceases to amaze me how like weird the energy gets right before you start boarding a plane and like the frequent flyers are all sort of like they have this energy, like they're going to be the first one on the plane. They're going to knock grandmas to the side to get there. And I'm like, we're all the planes leaving at the same time for all of us guys. Like we're okay. (laughs) We're all leaving at the same time. Yeah. I am in no rush. Well, I'm going to be the last one to board. If I have to check my bag, oh, well, that's fine. I don't have to carry it as much. (laughs) Well, that's a tip my son uses. Whenever he flies, he checks his bag at the gate because then they aren't charging him for checking a bag. So that's his go-to move. He brings his roll on and then at the gate, he'll check it because he doesn't mind the few extra minutes at baggage claim. Although now I have to say it can be a little bit more than a few extra minutes. (laughs) Casey, what are some of your go-to top few tips that I just have not asked about that we need to know? One thing is you don't have to like have everything pre-planned when you go to a destination. Uh, one of my favorite things is just landing somewhere and just ask someone local to get their tips. Like, for example, there's a difference between asking a question about like, where should I get lunch? Or like, where would you get lunch? Uh, sometimes people might just want to give you like the thing that they think is like, oh, tourists would probably like this. Let me you go here. But like, no, when you're asking, like, no, I want to go where you eat. Then then you get a little bit more authentic experience. Another tip, don't be afraid of strangers. <laughs> I know that kind of goes against like what we've grown up thinking, but I've had so much kindness from people of different walks of life throughout my travels. And there's just been strangers who like have gone out of their way to like help me, whether it's just as simple as asking for directions and they show me the way or like leading me on a hike or I don't know. I'm just, I just don't be like super, super scared of like a strangers Like you can embrace them. Do you mind if I ask you about anything you've learned about traveling solo when it comes to your own safety? Because I've made some really big mistakes in my youth when I was traveling on my own in my 20s. I was just like super naive. And I would love to know, not that we're trying to go dark here, because you're you're saying the exact opposite. You are traveling comfortably solo very frequently, but surely you've picked up a few safety tips along the way. Do you mind sharing any? Yeah, definitely. Uh, like when you get to your accommodation, I think it's always smart to talk to the staff there and just ask like, Hey, what's the situation here? Like, is it safe to walk around by myself at night and things like that? Can I, is it fine to like carry around my phone? Like just checking on those things. If you're in an area that you think like, maybe it's not as safe, just, just check in, see what you should uh, check in, what you should be wearing. If you're in a more conservative country, making sure you're not being offensive, but yeah, like, like Talk to someone who actually lives there to figure out, okay, where, how do I gauge these safety radars? Uh, and then also just be careful when you're, if you're going out for drinks and things like that, like 
don't get too drunk if you're by yourself. Make sure you have like a buddy and things like that. Because I think that's when things can get the most dangerous when decision making might not be as the, the best. So yeah, if you if you truly are like going out solo, like make good choices for sure, for sure. Because um, like, I don't know, for me, I am a very bubbly personality. I'm very friendly when like people come to me, I'll smile. But sometimes that can be annoying because sometimes men can take my smile as like a means for them to like hit on me be okay with saying no and being strong and having conviction but it doesn't stop me still being my smiley self and being happy I'm just like what, what you did is inappropriate and I removed myself from the situation I, th- I think that's I think that's always a, a good thing always have like a plan b for example if you're somewhere you don't feel good always have another place to go I think it's important. Some of the tips that you just shared, I, I, in my twenties was traveling around Europe for work and I was just smiling at anybody and everybody. And that garnered me some attention that I did not want. I mean, I had some dude that worked in the hotel knocking on my door at 11 o'clock at night with strawberries and champagne because I smiled at him in the elevator. And I did not realize that to him, that was an invitation. (laughs) So I love what you're saying. You're not changing who you are, but if somebody crosses a boundary with you, or acts inappropriately toward you, then you deal with that in that moment and you aren't trying to be nice. You're just trying to be clear. A hundred percent. And like, whenever you get that sense of discomfort, it's for a reason, right? So when you're feeling discomfortable, change the environment, change, change something up. Uh, Listen to that. I could kill a lot of time telling you all of the foolish things I did in my twenties. But another thing is I know that sometimes you're just making chit chat on a plane or wherever you might be. And the person that you're talking to, first of all, in any context, if the person you're talking to is giving you a vibe and your intuition is telling you to shut it down, stop worrying about being nice. Don't worry about being friendly and shut it down. Trust your intuition. That would be the number one thing that I would say to buttress what you've just said, Casey. But number two is it is not uncommon in my experience anyway, that people are like, oh, where are you staying? Super innocuous question if it's coming from an innocuous person and not an innocuous question if it's coming from the wrong person and you don't always get the memo on that. So I actually, I am someone who one of my personal values is I do not lie at all ever, okay? There's an exception. When strangers ask me where I'm staying, I always lie. (laughs) Even if they end up being my best friend in the world, Casey, and they find out that I was not telling them the truth, that is the one lie I'm very comfortable telling and, and ready to tell because that doesn't happen all the time. But I've been asked probably a dozen times in my life, oh yeah, you know, friendly conversation, friendly banter about your destination. Where are you staying? And I had someone show up at my hotel, different country, (laughs) different city. And again, not safe. Like that was actually a little bit psychotic. You don't need to tell people where you're staying. That's my, that's my PSA, but it's not all scary and doom and gloom. Is it Casey? No, no, it's not all scary. In my seven years of travel, I can count the number of uncomfortable experiences probably on one hand. Yeah, same. But you've had a a heck of a lot more travel than I have, but same. And Jen, I want to say, she said in her note to me, again, the note that inspired this conversation, Jen said, there are always people who are willing to strike up a conversation if you take the chance. I have met some lovely people, including many locals, while traveling and being by myself, and it left me more flexible to do things that others suggested. I feel like when you're traveling alone, other travelers are more likely to approach you as opposed to when you are with others. I've stayed in hotels and hostels 
hostels and being in public spaces has allowed people to approach me to chat on more than one occasion. It's led to dinner or a drink buddy to meet up with at the end of the day and sharing stories. Does that sound like your experience, Casey? hundred percent. And that's, that's really one of the reasons why I love solo travel as well. Cause you're always going to have a different experience if you're with a friend or with some groups, because I, it goes both ways. Maybe some people are coming up to you, but also yourself. It's like, it's definitely made me more like extroverted and just comfortable with going up to strangers and starting conversations. And like, those can lead to some like the best days. Uh, it's kind of become like a personality trait. I've, since I've done so much solo, solo travel and like, just, just for example, I'm in, I'm in Mexico cause I came in town for uh, my friend's bachelorette party and we go out in Mexico city and like, I'm just in like my travel zone, you know, when I'm, when I'm out, I'm used to talking to random people. So there's a table next to us with food. And I just start talking. I'm like, Oh, how's the food? Can we try some? Like all this stuff. Uh, and they eventually invite us to come join them. They became like our friends for the weekend, right? They gave us recommendations for the next day. We're going to the markets together the next day. And it just starts with one simple question. One Like instead of being like, if you're just with your group and just stay there, you would never really expand. But like, just, yeah, just ask a question to someone and see, see what the vibe is. Casey, you are such an example of what is possible. Go follow Casey on Instagram. Of course, I'll tag her handle, but she's going to tell you how to travel on a budget. You're going to tell people how to travel without compromising your experience. You're going to tell people all the, you know, more crazy hacks that I love. I love a travel hack. Casey, where do you want people to find you? Yeah. As you said, my Instagram page, uh, I have my website as well. You can join my email list where... Um, I'll send out more travel tips to learn how to sustain long-term travel. And if you want to come travel with me, I do host some group trips. I'm going to Antarctica in November. We got 60 people signed up to follow the fro to Antarctica. I'm also doing group trips to Uganda to go gorilla trekking, which is one of the best things I've ever done in my entire life. Um, I partner with a local organization there so I can help support the Ugandan economy by joining those tours. Casey, that's amazing. Where do you keep all your stuff? If you're go- you're in Mexico right now, but when you go to, Ant- did you say Antarctica? Yeah. So what do you do with all your stuff? I had a partner and we were moving to Berlin together, but then he like, he like dumped me right when I got to Berlin. So right now I have a bunch of stuff in Berlin, Germany, just kind of sitting there. I'll probably burn it. No. Um, yeah. You're like, dude, I know we broke up, but could we, could you not break up with my stuff? Yeah. Yeah. When, when, when Antarctica comes, I'll, I'll figure out getting those warm clothes somehow. It'll work. (laughs) Casey, I'm at least 15 years older than you, but I want to be you when I grow up. (laughs) Casey, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. Okay, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, find me on Instagram at onairwithella or get the show notes and links at onairella.com. There's no with. It's just onairella.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for sharing the show. And thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.